1: You know, our, our show in Racine was really fun on Friday because we saw so many people we know, number one. But number two, it was exciting because at the end of the night, we were talking about haunted hotels in Madison. Ooh, yeah. yes, we were. And so... And other places. And other places. But we have a hot tip, friends, if you stay in Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> to stay at the Ruby Marie Hotel. And yep. it's over a, a German restaurant that Wendy and I have performed at before called <laughs> the Essen <laughs> Yeah, they have good beer there. Yeah. And really good German food too. They do. And that's the place in Madison where you go, you gotta order a boot and you gotta play the boot game. Oh, oh yeah. Now if you guys have not played the boot game, that's where now if you just go with two people, I don't oh, recommend you need a crowd. I don't recommend just playing the boot <laughs> like don't, don't like don't take your first date out to the Essen house and play the boot game. But <laughs> but the boot is let's you get a group of people, everybody's sitting around in a circle or at a table, which is kind of like a circle. And okay, then one person Takes a drink, passes it on, and the boot can't touch the table, right? I think so. The, the yeah. official, the boot cannot touch the table. That's the
0: rule. Or you automatically. And it's heavy.
1: Lose. Yeah, it's heavy because it's got like a liter of beer.
0: And then <laughs> I think it's more than a liter. It, it's a boot it's like a size of an actual human boot. It's a boot. No, it's, it's a bootful. It's a boot. It's like a
1: size ten, and it's glass, so it's heavy. Yeah. yeah and so then it goes around and the thing is if you are the person after the person who finishes the boot then you have to buy the next one so it goes around and you can't like you don't want to be the one who doesn't finish the boot oh I can't remember all the rules uh, it must be. I bet it's. Yeah, it's got to be the one after. Usually, by the time you get to the end of the second boot game, you don't remember the rules whatsoever.
0: <laughs> we should probably go and investigate. I and believe. Figure out what all the specific rules are at some point. It's it's the thing is, S is a lot of fun in Madison, and there's a haunted hotel over it. Right. Right. Do the first. Do the investigation at the haunted hotel. Then
1: do the investigation investigation at the German restaurant. Right. Otherwise, you're gonna get in trouble. (laughs) Anyway, so that was fun talking about that kind of stuff this weekend. It's always good to hang out with the Raciniacs in Racine, Wisconsin, and play some rock and roll for them. Oh yeah. So that was fun, Wendy, and we're getting excited about a release party coming up. Uh, in yes. just a it's week and a half. time now. It's our Friday the 13th Spectacular in Madison. So if you guys are anywhere in the Midwest, it would behoove you to come up and party with us in Madison that day. We'll have that information on othersidepodcast.com. You can see that there.
0: But we're within that two-week window, so this is where the frenzy of excitement and activity begins. Right.
1: This is where we're uh, working hard to make the show like the most special thing we've done all year. So that is exciting. Uh, not quite as exciting as the news that came out of Mexico this week, though. Yeah, that was big. Uh, Porto Vallarta, which I always thought was a nice I always wanted to go to Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. It sounds well, beautiful. People were always like using uh, you know, on Wheel of Fortune, once once you're done, once you're the winner, then you get to go oh, yeah. get to go buy the stuff. You know, they sometimes they could buy a trip to Puerto Vallarta. And when I was a kid, I was like, that sounds so exotic and magical. Yes. It still does. It still does. Especially if you're a cult leader. Oh. So, that's what we're talking about today, guys. We're talking about Keith Renier and the secret mind control sex cult, Nexium, oh boy. He had Hollywood celebrities in his cult. um famous people have taken his seminars. He's got Nexium is something that I would have loved to take to tell you the truth, but why okay no, I'll tell you why''ll. We'll, we'll, we'll
0: be- but it's spelled with all, like, it's all spelled in Haxor yes. spell, right? N- like.
1: N-X-I-V-M. So it looks like a Roman numeral or something. And and before we get to what this, this guy has been accused of and all of the nasty things about the cult, um, we got to talk about what it actually said that the business they were selling.
0: Okay, so we're getting right into it. Yes. Yeah. Nexium, not
1: the acid reflux right. medication. But it, it was something that I would totally be into. And that is like a self-help program.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too.
1: They called it executive success programs.
0: And Mike, you and I, we love the Tony
1: Robbins. We do. <laughs> it does, it's like a Tony Robbins thing. And that's absolutely something <sighs> that if I saw it, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, make your life better. And uh, we're going to personal improvement. Yeah, I totally would have been all about that. You know, it's personal and professional development seminars. And I've gone to personal and professional development seminars in my time. I haven't paid like... Oh, you have. Yes, I have. Um, I haven't been to like the Tony Robbins one, that like five grand or whatever. I want to do the fire walk. I do. I want to do the fire walk. I want Tony Robbins to like encourage <laughs> so cool. me with those big banana hands. He's got like clapping <laughs> and everything. And those giant teeth. <laughs> but no, I love that stuff. And, and I know that we love... Self-help stuff. We've read the books and things like that. And so this thing, it looked like, like I said, I would like to take it because I thought it'd be a cool thing before I knew, you know, what was going on in there. And it's not just... And it's so crazy. And it's not just me that thought that Nexium might be a cool thing. Uh, Richard Branson, the man behind Virgin Airlines, Virgin Records. He He did not all right for himself. Yeah, he took it. Linda Evans from Dynasty... (laughs) <laughs> has taken the nextium course. <laughs> Sheila Johnson, the co-founder of Black Entertainment Television, took the course. Antonio Novella is a former Surgeon vet General of the United States. Has taking the course. A guy from Enron. Well, I probably wouldn't be bragging about that. If I'm from Enron, I probably wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I went to NXIVM. Um, The daughter of the Mexican president, Vincente Fox. Wow. I just saw him on Bill Maher. The other day actually, ah. but uh, his daughter took the next day. So it must've done something for somebody. Yeah. You know, and they sponsored the Dalai Lama's visit to Albany, New York
0: wow. in 2009. That's a big one. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, I want to go to that. Right. And the Dalai Lama, like they love him in Madison. Like the Dalai Lama is like oh, the, yeah. you know, he gets out here like once a decade. Yeah. And frequently, well, we have a center for like meditation studies here in Madison.
0: Right. And we also have in the Madison area, we have the Deer Park Buddhist Center and Monastery, which is a very well-renowned center All right for that kind of study. So yeah, I actually, Mike, one of the years when I went up to Minneapolis at the Minnesota State Fair, yeah. I took a bus and I was sitting next to a, uh, I guess, whatever the female version of a monk is. A
1: monkette? <laughs> I don't know if they have gender specific, I don't know if they have gender specific nouns for monks.
0: There is a name for it. Okay. but um, It's not Monkette. No. Okay, fair But anyway, I I sat next to this woman and we started chatting and she said, oh, you're from Madison. Deer Park is in Madison. And so she was all about it.
1: All right. So that's a place that the Dalai Lama can come hang out, talk to his past lives. Yeah. But it's in Oregon, Wisconsin, which is just outside of Madison. Yes. And actually it's said Oregon, not like the state, Oregon. It is said Oregon. So we can say that with impunity. Yeah, anyway, it's a beautiful place as I understand. All right. So we've got that so we love the Dalai Lama, but <laughs> Nexium sponsored a Dalai Lama trip to Albany, New York. You know. It's got to be cheap. Well, right. Well, that's the thing. It it wasn't just them that sponsored it. It was the organization by two people involved in Nexium, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, who are two very two very wealthy and famous people. Their father, Edgar Bronfman Sr., was like the head of Seagrams and their brother, Edgar Bronfman Jr. is the chairman of the Warner Music Group. So he's surrounding himself, and we'll get more into them and their relationship with NXM in a little bit. But the thing is, uh, this Keith Rainier guy, like, I mean, he had some credentials. He had some famous people helping him out, and he had these seminars and everything like that that people were spending up to $10,000. That's a good chunk of change. That is a good chunk of change. And that's more than the Tony Robbins that, one. That is. That is. I mean But you don't get. <laughs> I might have looked into it. <laughs> and so let's, you know, talk a little bit about what kind of stuff. I mean, Nexium said that they had an amalgam of therapeutic techniques such as hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. So Keith Rainier said he was trained in neurolinguistic programming and the president of his company was Nancy Saltzman. And she said she was trained in hypnosis and NLP and that kind of stuff too. So, I mean, they would use NLP and and that's kind of traditional. So neuro-linguistic programming, it's almost like a hypnosis kind of thing or a subliminal. uh, We talked a little bit about it in our episode on subliminal messages. Yeah.
0: Tony Robbins talks about that a lot in his books, actually. He talks about NLP and basically... Not so much using it for like brainwashing people, but for influencing people using your vocabulary. Certain words have different effects and that type of thing. Well,
1: they claim that using NLP, they can model the skills of exceptional people and allow anyone else to require those skills. NLP can treat phobias, depression, tick disorders, psychosomatic illnesses, nearsightedness, allergy, common cold, and even learning disorders. Um there hasn't been a lot of scientific evidence backing it up. So it might be some kind of like, if if you're in that, well, the placebo effect, you know? (laughs) Right. So it has a placebo effect of people getting into that. But the thing is, um, in the, in the pickup artist community, (laughs) uh, they talk about using neuro linguistic programming. They turn about like using program words.
0: Yeah.
1: And so if you ever read, um, there's a book by a guy named Neil Strauss. He wrote like the Marilyn Manson book. He wrote the Jenna Jameson book, the Molly Crew book. So he usually does like Rolling Stone articles and books on rock stars. But he also was kind of a nerdy dude that wanted to learn how to pick up women. So he entered the, like the pickup artist community. He wrote a book about it called The Game. And in that book, they talk about using the NLP methodology and like, like program words and stuff like that to get, to get that. And I don't know. It's not like mind control because mind control assumes that people have no free will or whatever, but it is some kind of suggestion. Like it's, it's a purposely implanted suggestion. Like when you're talking to a girl or whatever, um, you'd you'd say things to make her imagine you naked or something like that. And even if she, it sounded gross at first, she's still imagining you naked. And so there were these little kind of things like that. And he, he talks about it in the book and it makes NLP sound. It does make it sound like some kind of mind control. Thing like the, you're, you're trying to use language to influence other people's behavior,
0: right? When I read the Tony Robbins book, I think it was Personal Power or one of those. Personal it, Power, it, I read it, yeah. It made it sound more like here's a good way to be persuasive speaker, you know, that kind of thing, not like sure. here's a way to tap into people's brains and like control them.
1: <laughs> so, I don't know if there's levels of <laughs> programming or whatever. Well, some people think that that NLP developed in the 1970s is straight up out of the CIA's MK ultra program. Mm. So yeah. So they think that it was, you know, developed through the CIA research because, so what happened in like brainwashing, I think we talked about this before was that in the Korean war, they were getting these films of like pilots who'd been lost over North Korea and stuff. And they were prisoners of war and they were saying things you know, they were saying like they were denouncing the United States. They were saying, you know, horrible things about the U S they were saying that we're war criminals, all these kinds of things. And they were putting it uh, like, like they were getting filmed by the North Koreans. And then the North Koreans were releasing that as propaganda also to the South Koreans to let them know that, Hey, you're working with, you know, this is all propaganda to, to demoralize the, the war effort and the South Koreans and everything. And so then like, what were they doing? You know, we started, like the United States is like, well, what are these guys doing that they can make these people go against their training? They're training to say their name, rank and serial number and to denounce the United States. And, you know, we kind of get the movies like the Manchurian candidate kind of get into that same kind of thing where people, are, people are being programmed to be activated at a certain time to do things like the Manchurian candidates, all about somebody who's going to be activated to try and assassinate a political figure. And so this idea of brainwashing, um, you know, it mainly came by the, the, the North Koreans did it basically through, like, sleep deprivation. Uh, they wouldn't let the pilots sleep. And then just, you know, berating them into eventually getting them to say those things. Because these pilots really looked like they... It wasn't just saying, like, the United States is bad. Everyth-, you know, what we're doing is a horrible thing. These guys sounded emphatic. You know, they, 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 they were doing a good acting job, if they were doing yeah. an acting job. And, mm-hmm. the, and the whole idea was that brainwashing meant that they be- believed it. And so the CIA starts investigating this. Like, how how can we start doing that to our prisoners of war? And of course, they experiment on American citizens. Of course. And we talked about that in their episode on MKUltra and all that. And our episode on LSD, that was part of their program, too, because they thought they could reprogram people using LSD. And so they think that this Project Monarch, which was part of that, uh, related to MKUltra, was creating these trigger words and neuro-linguistic programming, this brainwashing thing. So people think that NLP is directly related to these CIA experiments. So is Tony Robbins really a CIA plant? Maybe. I, ho- I hope not. <laughs> right. Otherwise, then I'm just a tool of CIA because I always, I, I always buy his books. I love Tony. Right. He always puts me in a good mood. He does put me in a good mood. Yeah. And I do think that Awaken the Giant Within is a classic. And I recommend, I'd I'd recommend anybody reading that. Now it's 20 years later or whatever. It's got some corny parts and stuff, but I do think everybody would get something out of it. And I guess I just got brainwashed into saying that. And just ignore the part about the green drink. (laughs) Oh yeah. this whole like (laughs) when it comes to health and when it comes to finances, I don't know, but when it comes to just feeling good about yourself and and how to forgive yourself and all those things. Positive thinking. I think the power of positive thinking. I think Tony does a good, good way of, of keeping your of keeping those negative thoughts away. Um, but yeah, don't like if he tries to sell you a green drink, don't don't go for it. <laughs> so this was something they used in Nexium was they used this kind of brainwashing. I'm mean, not really brainwashing, I don't think, but I don't know how they did it in there. But when people talked about spending ten thousand dollars for these weekend seminars, where they were, uh, I mean, I believe that sleep deprivation was involved. They talk about showing them images of. Uh, tragedies, like things that they, you know, mm. stuff that was really hard to watch, they would do that. So th- that's another element of programming. You guys remember um, Stanley Kubrick's great movie from the early 1970s, uh, Malcolm McDowell Clockwork Orange. Sorry, I almost couldn't think of it. Oh, yeah, I almost a... couldn't think of a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> and so in a Clockwork Orange, they have this thing that Malcolm McDowell goes through. And what is it called? The Ludovico. Oh, the Ludovoco technique. And he he has to watch all of these quick, fast images of pain, horror, and you know, and it it switches Ugh. it switches to like bunnies and things like they're trying to use the images yeah. to pro reprogram him so the idea is, and you know people say that about when you watch horror movies or things when you're watching a horror movie, your subconscious does not know the difference between reality and fiction this is all, you know, in theory, obviously. So the, the reason that you're watching a horror movie and all of a sudden you're, you ever watch a movie and your palms start sweating? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That happens to me whenever somebody, like that scene in uh, Mission Impossible, I don't know, Mission Impossible 4, where Tom Cruise is outside the Burj Khalifa or whatever. I mean, there's this huge, not the Burj Khalifa, but it, it was one of the, the, the Malaysian building that's so monstrous, you know? Yeah. And he does it and I'm just sitting there and my, I'm, my palms are sweating thinking about it. Now, I was never there. I didn't do it. We, I was watching something that it was a good stunt, but you know, Tom Cruise was safe and everything. Right, right. But we got Good a, enough to convince you though, Yeah, adrenaline. A physical reaction. My subconscious raised my adrenaline, started making my palms sweat, started making every, you know, me feel uncomfortable just mm-hmm. seeing something. And that's the Ludovoco technique, what, 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 I believe which is fictional <laughs> in, the, in the movie, but that's the idea. You see all these images and then uh, your subconscious can't tell the difference. And because so much of our brain, let's say computing, is done in the subconscious, the idea is that the subconscious starts telling your, you know, your frontal cortex or whatever, like, hey, buddy, uh, you know, why don't we start doing this? And it, start, it changes your mind. Yeah. It's the subliminal. You remember, there, remember Saturday Night Live had the subliminal man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Elam was the subliminal man. And so that's the oh, idea that's that, that it, all of a sudden it, it's planting those ideas and those ideas eventually you'll think they're your own. And that's the kind of stuff they sing that Nexium was doing, classic, you know, brainwashing things. But people did have positive things to say about it. I mean, the people that went through the executive class. But it wasn't just the executive class, because there's multi-levels to it. Nexium wasn't just uh, you go there one time, and you walk on hot coals or whatever, and then Keith Raniere, like, puts his hand over your head and goes, boom, you are healed. It's, it's a whole... It's like a, mul- there's a curriculum. Yeah. It's a, like a multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. And you keep paying to get further and further into it. And then you try to get your friends involved too. And they keep paying as well. That's somewhat similar to Scientology in that way. And like Scientology, you have to keep paying for the new levels. Yeah. So, uh, and I have nothing bad. I mean, I don't know. I have nothing bad to personally say about Scientology. <laughs> Cause I read Dianetics and I thought Dianetics was a good book. I didn't see the brainwashing stuff or anything. Truly much better than Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so i like i like dianetics but also i didn't get into i i didn't i never saw the zenu stuff you know i just thought uh, i'm like yeah. oh that was a good book and like, i thought it was a helpful kind of thing and i was a psychology major so i got no hatred of psychiatrists like L. ron hubbard did or whatever but i was like oh I, sure i found i found value in reading it and i can see how you find value in reading something and when you actually find value in something like people might find that in those first nexium classes obviously they did the girl from Smallville, Chloe Sullivan, Chloe Sullivan, uh, yeah. Allison Mack. She found so much value that she joined up. She got uh, Kristen Croik, who played Lana Lang in Smallville. She and was Vault. recruiting. Yeah, they were bringing people in, and we'll talk about that stuff in a second. But the multi-level marketing thing comes from, um, and I don't know, Wendy. Have you ever been to like between jobs or whatever in your youth? Did you ever like go check out like a multi-level marketing? presentation like an amway oh. or uh like for supplements yeah. or something no
0: i actually freshman year of college mike you might remember this because <laughs> it was running rampant in the dormitories yeah uh i went to a couple there was one that was like a book selling one okay and there was also um i think cutco knives oh
1: cutco knives to sell to college students
0: yeah oh yeah i had a roommate actually one of the years that she was really successful in this all right um yeah, we had a whole set of them in our kitchen. They're they're actually
1: pretty nice. No, I'm not saying they're, they're not that <laughs> nice. Well, it's like Kirby. I, mean, I didn't buy any. Kirby vacuums are great.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, when you but get, I think try to sell them to your grandmother. Those fall under the MLM category, right? Absolutely, they do. And then also, of course, all of the ones now, like with the beach body and the party light candles and, oh my gosh, Leah Sophia jewelry, like... I'm getting hit left and right by people for these <laughs> like from, things. And
1: it's not even a bad thing. Like, I think I almost joined one called Excel. There's was like a phone thing. Like remember when long distance was a thing. Oh yeah. There was a, there was a, there was like a, a, a long distance phone service. And i like, Hey, you should totally, cause I was calling long. I had a girlfriend back at home. I was calling my parents, all those things. Like, Oh, I used the long distance and they would try to get you to sell it and have other people sell it for you. And I almost bought in until Allison My sister, who you've heard in this podcast many times, listeners, um, she like did a bunch of investigations. She's like, these guys are going to go out of business. This is trouble. And she like sent me this long email. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just not going to get involved.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and it's tempting sometimes, like the Beachbody one, yeah, because I was doing P90X and I was seeing results. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, I could see doing like promoting this. But Mm -hmm. then, then I just, I can't.
1: (laughs) I just can't. It's a different kind of, I mean it's a different kind of thing and some people are really good at the marketing some people aren't and so I mean the, the people that aren't really good at the marketing I think ruin it for the people that are.
0: <laughs> well, and the problem that I have with it or the challenge for me yeah. is I start to have less trust in my friends that are trying to um, say, yeah, because I'm like, are they inviting me to the party because they want me there? Are they trying to lure me into their, you know, (laughs) web of which is terrible? You know, you don't want to be suspecting your friends of doing something like that. But at the same time, start hearing from someone you hadn't heard from in a really long time. And it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Hey, I thought you might be interested. And it's like,
1: ooh. Well, you know, it's funny we talk about the multi-level marketing stuff. And that Keith Rainier had like a like a supplements, supplements and juices and bars and things like that a thing that he did in the early 90s before he started the Nexium program. So he already made money in creating a multi-level marketing thing that was investigated for a pyramid scheme. <laughs> it was more like a pyramid scheme than it was people selling things. And you do see that. I mean, the thing is it's not even that. Traditional corporations with their way of going through managers and and presidents and executives and investors is even that different than any kind of scheme. It's just the, I think people get turned off when you have to try to call your grandma and be like, what do you think about this shampoo, grandma? Like, would you like to to buy this shampoo every month? And she's like, I've been using Pert Plus since 1953. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're ruining it. You know? Uh, Yeah. I'm not as offended by it as because I think there is some value to it, but at the same time, it is you know it's, a, it's a, a lot of people can spend a lot of money in it and then make nothing back, you know, and there's no promises and yeah. there or anything. and so people a lot of people get screwed when they invest too far in the business,
0: yeah. well, I think, and nowadays too, with social media and everything, it's, a, it's such a different world, like because before, you know, as I was saying when we were in college, you had to, like, go to the meeting and sign up and buy the eight hundred dollars sample book, whatever. <laughs> think it was you were going to take door to door and try to convince people. And so it was a big investment. And you would really, I guess it probably would help people to put more of their energy into selling once you've dumped that much money into it. I mean, invested that much money into it.
1: (laughs) Invested. Well, let's talk about how Nexium did their investment. Oh, boy. Because, Uh I mean, he turned these executive seminars, this training, into a multi-level marketing. And people often call those things cults, you know? Yep. Now, I took the landmark seminar.
0: Oh, yeah. That one's definitely had some
1: controversy around it. And one of our friends was really involved in it. And it was like, I'll try it out. Check it out. And you know what? I had a fun time. That had a great weekend. I thought the landmark seminar was valuable and I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a positive experience for you. It sounded like yeah. motivating.
1: But then I wasn't, you know, to like, well, you should come to the next one. And then, you know, the next one's got a fee. And then there's another one. They got a fee. I'm like, well, I just, you know, like, I think I think I got what I needed. And I had a nice weekend of self-reflection. And that was good. But the thing is, these kind of things where you try to draw people in, and then there's a uh, an offering given, and then you are given uh, an enlightenment, and it's only yeah. for members, it's only for initiates. Well, this is something that's been around for thousands of years. So when we talk about you know nexium, they're not that different than mystery religions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what, what's a, what's a mystery religion? Well, the Greeks and the Romans had these different groups where you had to be initiated into the group in order to learn the mysteries of the religion in order to learn anything about it. I mean that's how like Scientology is too, where you have different levels, you know your operating level or whatever you know that you have, and you pay more money as you get farther in and you learn more and more about the religion. That's why nobody knew about Xenu and so if you guys aren't familiar <laughs> with if you guys aren't familiar with uh Scientology, like the highest level, has this entire science fiction backdrop of this guy named Xenu who was banished from his home planet, and there's all these souls hidden in volcanoes all over the planet, and you're trying to free your particular soul that's attached to you. You're operating Thetan. (laughs) Okay, so it's a weird science fiction story. Not that most religion backgrounds and not that most creation stories aren't. You know, has some kind of science fiction element involved Yeah, in it. I mean, even you think about the Adam and Eve story, and they don't tell us about Lilith in Adam and Eve. Adam's first wife is to—God um, creates Lilith before he creates Eve, and Adam's first wife is just—she's not submissive enough to him. Hmm. And so she gets banished— and like in the vampire masquerade mythology whatever, she becomes the queen of the vampires or whatever. And the idea that she was a woman that would not submit to a man, that's where they got the whole concept of the, the Lilith Fair. So that whole, uh-huh. that, that women-oriented- The rebellion. The women-oriented music festival in the 90s is yeah. named after Lilith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they use Lilith in one of the Tales from the Crip movies too. I think she's the, <laughs> she's the bad guy in um, the one where Dennis Miller, oh, I can't remember the name. There was Demon Knight, oh, Bordello of Blood. Bordello of Blood. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, don't forget, she's also the ex-wife in Cheers. <laughs> Fraser's ex-wife. That's right. She is Fraser's ex-wife. <laughs> B.B. Neuwirth with the black hair. She kind of, that, and that the first time you hear that, that's actually the first time I read the story of Lilith. I, I imagined her in the role, too. That's the funny <laughs> thing. It's um, hilarious. But there's these different religions, and the most popular one are the Dionysian mysteries of ancient Greece and Rome. Mm. And why are they popular? Cause Dionysus is the god of wine, and so this specific mystery religion, like people would be, um, they'd be initiated into it, and then they'd have these Dionysian parties, that have wicked parties where everybody just gets wasted, and <laughs> the cult of Dion- Dionysus, and they would try to find ecstasy, and so it'd be, it's kind of like the Burning Man, like there was a lot of wine involved in it, so. It, <laughs> <laughs> and and now Imagine it's that. and now it's Molly or acid or whatever, but that was part of the 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 wine was part of doing it, but also just the the letting yourself completely go, the animalistic. Remember Dionysus, Pan. I mean, he's got the goat legs, and so uh, a lot of our traditional view of the devil mm-hmm. is named after this Pan. I mean, is 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 after that because uh, the Christians are like, okay, let's pick the the craziest thing about these pagan religions and then we'll turn him into the devil and so Mm. that's one of the mysteries and that was popular because people would get ecstatic they would go dancing and all weekend and stay up late and it's another thing you feel ecstasy you feel a religious experience the combination of booze whatever kind of herbs they were taking of sleep deprivation of dancing accelerated friendship right (laughs) of hanging out (laughs) with people all night long you know, I can't say that a Sunspot show is that different than a, <laughs> than a Dionysian rite. <laughs> right. And, you know, there's a lot more to it that we'll have it eventually talk about mystery religions. But the idea that we talk about multi-level marketing treated as cults or whatever. Well, this isn't new because the people coming to these rites and these rituals and, and, and the Bacchanals and stuff, they were bringing offerings too. It just probably wasn't gold. It probably was just like bringing a, a six-pack to a party or something like that. Yeah. So that's not really anything new. But let's not defend nexium here. I'm not defending nexium. I'm just saying that these are parts of it and, and cults. And, and this is this has been part of our culture. And so we're wondering, like, well, how can people in the 21st century still get involved in this stupid stuff? Right. It, it's because it's part of being human is getting sucked into groups. <laughs> That's true. And then doing stupid stuff for the group. So there's a scholar named Rick Ross, not like the rapper or the uh, drug kick pin. Um, He's a scholar named Rick Ross. And if my name was Rick Ross, I would pick like Professor Richard Ross or something like that instead of saying like, this is by Rick Ross because I'm picturing the the rapper. Like, hey, man, Rick Ross in the house telling you about cults. And he writes a very interesting article. He's been talking about this place for a long time, saying it was a cult. In fact, Nexium even sued him, his Ross Institute, because they said they were spreading, you know, libel, and they were defaming them, saying that Nexium was a cult. But let's go over the aspects of a cult from his article uh, that was in the, the, the London Guardian. Number one, a charismatic leader who increasingly becomes the object of worship as the general principles that may have originally sustained the group lose power that is a living leader who has no meaningful accountability and becomes the single most defining element of the group and its source of power and authority. Keith Raniere, they put him on the level in, when people talk, when, when they talk about it, they talk about Keith Raniere, this guy this 57-year-old born in New York, lived in Albany for a while, or well, this is where he set up next him uh, that he's one of the smartest people in the world, mm-hmm. that he okay. has an IQ of 240. Um, you know, all this kind of stuff. His name is the Vanguard. That's what they call him, the Vanguard. <laughs> okay. So his nickname, you know, they call him like his title, is the Vanguard. There's a whole level of hierarchy, too. The woman under him is the prefect. So he's the Vanguard. Nancy Salzman's the prefect. And then people wear sashes. To to show their rank inside the Nexium organization. Mm, Okay. So when you go to these Nexium events, you wear a sash to show your rank. So if you've been to so many Nexium events, you wear a different sash. So that's another way of indoctrinating people. Like, hey, oh, your sash is blue, mine's gold. It's it's okay. No, you can get gold in a couple years. You just got to keep coming, keep spending money, and then you can be gold like me. Right. They treat him like he's he's brilliant. They talk about he's he's the smartest guy in the world, and they they call him that. And then he's got a special group of women, like a, an organization inside of his organization. Uh, oh, kind of like the Masonic. Oh, yeah. So, th- I mean, the Masons are a great example of an organization. I mean, and people obviously have associated the Masons with conspiracies for <laughs> yeah, you know, hundreds of years, even though it's probably just a way for dudes to hang out. And, you know, when they can't go fishing, let's go to the Masonic Lodge. <laughs> but the thing is, this organization called D.O.S., the person that was in charge of it was Allison Mack, who played uh, Chloe Sullivan on Smallville. So this Smallville actress is uh, so. She, first of all, she's famous, and she's recruiting more women to get in this organization, and that's Keith Rainier's like secret sex organization. Ew. Okay, and so right, um, so these are some more of the, this is part of the, the sexual exploitation of group members by their leader. And that's another aspect of being in a cult is this economic, sexual, and other exploitation of group members by the leader. And so there was a, a woman named Sarah Edmonton and she was a Vancouver actress. And that's where Alison Mack was recruiting people too in Vancouver because that's where they were shooting Smallville. So Vancouver was a place where they shot X-Files. All the Fox stuff was shot there in the 90s. So Vancouver's got a, a big, industry because it's a lot cheaper than los angeles so that's why you'll see a lot of the x files actors are all people all canadians Mm. um like they shot you know 21 jump street up in vancouver i mean it's all of the old stuff was shot up there and sarah edmondson she leaves the organization last fall so october 27 2017 article in this uh, the canadian broadcasting company she says she regrets inadvertently helping deliver vancouver recruits to nexium which she said eventually led her to travel to Albany, New York last spring, where she underwent a harrowing flesh branding on her abdomen. That's horrible. So it's a splinter group of ESP, of the Executive Success Program. And she loved the Executive Success Program. She was in it in 2010. She said it was positive, female empowerment and stuff. But then she gets in the secret group, and that's called DOS. And, you know, DOS. It's got this Latin name associated with it. I'm not even going to try to say it. It's a uh, Dominus, I am too. Dominus <laughs> of Sequius Sororium, which loosely translates to Lord Master of the Obedient Female Companions. So he's the only male member. Keith Renier's the only male member. And it was a pyramid style group, and the women would refer to the women above them as Master. And of course, the Vanguard is Master of all of them. And they said a small tattoo would be involved. Oh my gosh. Well, the tattoo was really a branding. Yeah. That's sick. And and it was a branding that looked like Keith Rainier's initials and Allison Max initials. And the description of how the branding was done is very disturbing. Yeah. Sarah Edmondson says, we're looking at each other at the beginning and we had surgical masks on because the smell of burnt flesh was so strong. So, uh, yeah, they just they get branded. It's a secretive organization They're supposed to tell anybody about it. Yeah, Th- they're on restricted calorie diets.
0: And they said that they had uh, they were required to provide collateral
1: of what's the collateral?
0: Well, it said it was like basically incriminating or embarrassing pictures of themselves like naked pictures. And they said, if you tell anybody about this, we're going to release these to the public. So, uh-huh. you know, they're, they're basically agreeing to be blackmailed yeah. in exchange for keeping that
1: secret. Well, that's another, some of the exploitation of the group members by yeah. the leader, you know, that when we talk about that. That's another aspect of a cult that there is no legitimate reason to leave. Former followers are always wrong in leaving negative or even evil. That's the turning them into others. Hmm. You know, like the uh, Scientology has a, you know, even has it like a special word for the people who are unfriendly to the thing. And that's, that's the whole idea. Former members often relate the same stories of abuse and reflect a similar pattern of grievances. Cult. There are records, books, news articles, or broadcast reports that document the abuses of the group and leader. This is starting in 2003. There's an article on Forbes. Edgar Bronfman is talking about his daughters. Because Edgar Bronfman Sr., he takes the executive success program and likes it and then his daughters get involved and then he's like by 2003 he's like this is a cult and he oh, says at the Forbes and, and so this, there's stuff in 2003 the Dalai Lama's visit in 2009 is initially cancelled because the local paper in Albany writes something about how this is a cult and then in 2017 we have Sarah Emerson coming out saying there is a like he's got a, a sex group oh just keeps getting worse. Right. And that's the thing about these cult leaders, though. And this is, I think, what always gets them. It's either the sex or the money. Right. And so, I mean, maybe not in the case of Heaven's Gate, uh, because they were kind of an asexual organization. Everybody, you know, with the whole idea, remember that, was that right. no sex. Yeah. But it's always these guys that can't keep it in their pants when they're surrounded by women. And they're like, I can have them all. That's David Koresh. Yeah. You know, Where every woman there was a wife to David Koresh. You know, Um that's the kind of thing with the cult leaders, like, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta test everybody out or whatever. I mean, the Walking Dead, the character Negan, uh, has that same kind of thing where mm-hmm. he's got a coterie of wives. And his wives come from the men that joined up, they have to, they, in order to survive, they have to give up their wife. And then he's got a group. So wow. they, it's the same kind of thing, the same kind of cultish thing, even on The Walking Dead. So we were talking about the sex part, but then there's a the money part. So another aspect of uh, a cult is no meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget or expenses, such as an independently audited financial statement. Any business would have to undertake an audit, you know, at some point or whatever, if the, if their taxes were up or they probably have a a group of senior officers who at least know the finances. But in some articles done about Keith Rainier, he's very cagey about where he gets his money. You know, he's like, well, I I don't make any money on this. I I stay at friends houses. Um, And he's like, I, He's like, this is not a labor of profit for me. This is just a labor of love. And so when he's doing these interviews, he makes it sound like, oh yeah, that I'm not even making any money off this. But there's an article that the Bronfman sisters gave him $60 million to oh invest my gosh. in the commodities market because he's the smartest man in the world. Wow. He's convincing them that he's the smartest man in the world. And they gave him $60 million to invest with. And, uh, well, he, uh, he loses it all. He's losing. I mean, and that, that brings him even Real further smart, into it. huh? And, and he keeps them going because he's got their collateral too. You know, because they're so into the organization. Um, and this is what they say about Scientology too in that movie Going Clear. Because they have these long confessions in these auditing sessions for Scientology where they'll talk to you about your deepest secrets, fears, everything. And they're all recorded. And then the big rumor is that, you know, John Travolta's actually gay. And the reason that he, he, he's in Scientology still or whatever is, is that he's worried that they'll release all of his tapes of his confessions Steve. if he's actually going to, you know, and that's, that's that blackmail thing. And that's another absolute of being in a cult. And here's another cultish thing, too. I mean, this is right from the article uh, about the, like, Rick Ross, 10 things about being in a cult, yo. Um, <laughs> followers feel that they can never be good enough and this is particularly in the the dos they call it the vow they're taking the vow these women who become part of his his little sex circle Mm. when they take the vow he's telling them that they must overcome their inherent weaknesses and wendy your female over emotional natures oh my goodness
0: so wow um, people agree to this
1: they must. Because I would
0: never it, agree to that. I,
1: I need my overwhelming female <laughs> <laughs> emotions. It's it's fifteen to twenty women who's having he's having actual act, active sexual relations oh, with. Gross. And then they must remain faithful to him. They're not permitted to discuss their relationships with the middle. I mean, that's it. They're they're with him. Um, the course teachings say that men should have multiple sexual partners, while women should be monogamous. Nice, real nice. Well, then they're using biology for that too. They t- t- talk about animals and stuff. Well, they, talk, they say like according to biology, uh-huh. men men yeah. need to spread their seed. Evolutionary. Yep. I mean, so they're using the evolutionary evidence here, and but that's the they're never good enough. You know, you're you call somebody master. You have an over emotional nature. You have to have a restrictive calorie diet because you're too fat. So Keith Raniere does this whole thing. Uh, of how he keeps these women down. And that's what eventually they arrested him for this week in Mexico. Mm. They arrest him because he's, um, for sex trafficking, that he took these women in the DOS over the border to Mexico and that he's holding them there against their will. They are his mind-controlled sex slaves. And there's like a video of the the cops taking him out and everything. And I'll find the video and link to it. Because you see Allison Mack running after him like well free you know she's just going crazy she's freaking out because they took the master they stole the vanguard he's going to jail and i mean the story is about this guy that the women in the dos they have to perform acts of care for their masters running errands clean their homes prepare food acts of self-denial they have to take icy showers stand for an hour at 4 a.m that's getting back to the whole mind control thing you know we talk about sleep deprivation we talk about uh, how they were breaking people down in in mind control and that's another aspect of being a cult a process of indoctrination of coercive persuasion or thought reform the culmination of this process can be seen by members of the group often doing things that are not in their own best interests, like taking an icy shower is not in anyone's best interest and so I'm just ticking down the things about this being a cult and you're like Holy crap. This really, you know, we often laugh about these different like things. I Tony Robbins and the people involved in this stuff. It's like being in a cult and people make jokes about it. This is an actual yeah, self-help that's cult. That's the real deal. It started off as something that, you know, people might have found some kind of value in. Kind of like I read Dianetics and I'm like, hey, this
0: book's pretty good. It's truly much better than Krishna.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jack Black. No problem, Jables. <laughs> And so I think that's what really is the tragedy here is, I mean, and and that's a a lot of people's criticism of of religion, too, is that what happens is you get in on good intentions, you get in because something sounds good, and then you're taken advantage by people in the system who are using it to their own evil ends. Yeah. And Keith Rainier, I mean, here's the letter that he you know, he, he released on Nexium this week. Like, he's had to have, you know, he obviously had to say something. And by the time you're reading this podcast, he probably will have been his first court appearance. Because mm, wow. it's set for Tuesday, April 3rd. And we're recording oh, this on yeah. April 2nd. Wow. Dear members, I am deeply saddened by the recent news relating to our organization. A number of key people involved in past friends. The picture being painted in the media is not how I know our community and friends to be, nor how I experience it myself. That's because you're having sexual experiences all the time. However, as an organization, as individuals, we felt it was imperative that we hire experts to ensure there's no merit to allegations. I feel it's important to clarify that sorority is not part of Nexium and that I am not associated with the group. I firmly support one's right to freedom of expression, so what the sorority or any other social group chooses to do is not our business as long as there's no abuse. Like branding <laughs> uh, your yeah. initials, Keith jeez moving forward we will communicate better we will inform better sincerely keith rainier that's his jailhouse letter you know that he sends out and because uh, obviously nobody's going to be signing up for a nexium thing right now yeah. so the money's not going to be coming in right so i don't know if the bronfman sisters are you know are going to keep like they might be free now to leave yeah unless unless they don't unless want to whatever. Or whatever their collateral is, is something. Oh it can't just be a yeah. naked. It can't just be a naked picture, because right? Who cares? You'd be like, okay, yeah, there's a naked picture. That's embarrassing, um, <laughs> but it's not the end of the world. It's not a reason to not leave a cult, <laughs> right? It's sixty million dollars. A naked picture is not that big of a deal. But that's the kind of sick stuff he was doing, allegedly doing. Now we should say that none of this has been proven in court yet, because I know the Nexium likes to sue people. Um. But there's other, you know, besides the whole idea that some of his mind control was related to MK Ultra, and they were doing those specific kind of, like they were showing violent footage, women being murdered women being dismembered as part of this experiment where they were hooked to brainwave machines and video cameras recorded their reactions so messed up he had a doctor an albany doctor Sheesh. dr porter helped him out with this to to do these kind of experiments so he had his own evil doctor helping oh, him too. Man. so he, he's got the prefect under him he's got his sex recruiter from tv so he's got celebrity sex recruiter he's got his you know right hand woman who's doing it and then he's got his evil doctor this really does sound like a super it does One of his ex-girlfriends, or ex-slaves, describes in 2012 that she said she was so broken psychologically, she gave up care of her child because he encouraged her to. She said he was truly brilliant, but in the way that brilliance is the closest thing to insanity. She said that he insisted she keep the body of her dead puppy in her garage freezer and look at it daily in order to deal better with death. Yeah. So, neglecting children, hanging out with your dead pets... That I mean, so messed up, right? That just doesn't seem like the kind of thing a, a nice healthy. cult, <laughs> nice cult leader would do. No, because the thing is, there are some <laughs> nice there are, there are some or, <laughs> there are some organizations that obviously started off as cults and now are part of the fabric of America. The Mormons, for one thing, Joseph Smith, the Church of Jesus Christ and the, the Church of Jesus Christ and the Latter Day Saints. I know some Mormons, and uh, that's not you know not weird. But you wouldn't say they're a cult leader, but in 1850, you might say they're a cult leader. The Seventh-day Adventists, my father, my grandmother, were Christian scientists, and that was Mary Baker Eddy. And back in the 1800s, they were like, yeah, it's kind of, they thought of the, of the Christian scientists as a cult. In fact, at my parents' wedding, my grandfather's family was so excited that my father was going to marry a Catholic, not a Christian scientist. That they didn't expect anybody from my father's side of the family to show up, because they were all out of state, and my parents got married in Milwaukee, and the, the rest of the family was either in uh, Chicago or further out in like Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and stuff that when they did get married, his side was completely full, and they didn't expect any of those people to get there. Wow, so this is how they didn't like the Christian scientists as much, and that they were like, "Oh thank God, thank God Bob's not married a Christian. Scientist. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Right, wow. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing uh, that these things might start as cults, but then they become part of the fabric. And hopefully with the abusive ones, like in the Branch Davidians or like this Nexium guy where he's branding women, they get <laughs> caught before they do anything horrible. So that's the thing. And, and it, like I'd say the last kind of paranormal or conspiracy-related thing to this, and I don't even know if this article is that, yeah, this is from the, from the beginning of the year, this is a website that says that, like defending Keith Raniere. What? This guy's defending okay. Keith Raniere, which is, is hard, it's hard I to do. I be
0: curious as to how they would attempt to do that.
1: Right. A spend, well, the way that people think on the internet. Well, that's true. <laughs> and this particular one, this guy is saying that Keith Raniere is being set up because he has proof that the Holocaust never happened. So it's like a Holocaust denier that's making, I don't know if he's making an alliance with Keith Raniere, but he's saying that the reason that uh, he lost all that money in the stock market that the Bronfman sisters gave him is because they didn't want him to succeed because he's going to release the Holocaust information that he's got proof Mm. and they're doing whatever they can to, to shut him up. And he believes that the stories of Nazi brutality were propaganda and... Anyway, it's just another one of those weird things. And also, this guy says that his the girlfriend that we were just talking about, who had to look at the dead puppy. Um, this guy says that that girlfriend, Tony Natalie, his former girlfriend, the woman designated to have his avatar child, was Hermann Göring in a previous life. Hermann Göring was one of Hitler's inner circle. Uh, so I I don't know where he got that information. But he says that Keith Rainier claims to have identified six lovers and disciples that haven't been connected to Nazis in previous lives. And that Keith Rainier said he was so intelligent, he could tell people who they were in past lives. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he had this group of people, like not just Tony Natalie, his girlfriend, he's got a other group of people that were with him, that like he Benito Mussolini... Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi Minister of Propaganda. Like there's this whole thing. And, you know, I don't know why this guy's saying it. It sounds like it's all BS and an <laughs> April fool. But this came out in January. And it's just one of those things. This is the second time, I think, that I've seen on the internet someone write something about one of our people we profile on the podcast that we talked about, that they have some relation to having evidence that the Holocaust never happened. And that's why they're either using that to blackmail people like since the Bronfmans are very um notable Jews that they would be you know that there'd be something involved and like they wouldn't want the ho- this truth to get out and and it really is like there's this weird undercurrent of holocaust denial following these different paranormal topics yeah. or these different cultish topics on the internet and it's weird <laughs> And even at the end of this weird article, the author thinks uh, that it's probably all out of BS, so there's probably not much to it, but there is a weird undercurrent on the internet of anytime a cult leader or, or somebody's being you know put down or the, the media jumps on them uh it seems like the the holocaust and i jump on that too and try to say that the the media's you know plotting against them and stuff so anyway just a weird little tidbit about articles we found about this nexium organization so keith rainier now will he become like that guy that ran that outlaw group of of mormons that was you know had, that kept having the multiple wives will he become a character like david koresh or jim jones these these cult leaders who go down as these great villains in history and i think that's what we'll find out you know starting tomorrow yes starting tomorrow when keith Munier goes to court Hmm. so yeah it's just you know between conspiracy theories and you know people really being into writing whatever they want to on the internet without any kind of journalistic (laughs) integrity uh there's a weird darkness that follows all this around so i hope those girls get to go home yeah that's about it well
0: i gotta say uh, it was quite an interesting topic that i knew absolutely nothing about i hadn't even heard of it and it's amazing to me that so many well-known famous people were involved in this and i hadn't heard a thing about it until you brought up the topic and actually the topic was a recommendation from one of our patreons we'd like to
1: thank for that that's right this topic was suggested by one of our patrons And we'd like you to be one of those too. So stay tuned after the song. We'll tell you how to do it. The song this week is inspired by some of those classic cock rock songs that talk about how men just can't handle women the way they are. And there there certainly is a slightly misogynist undercurrent in a lot of the 70s songs, even the ones we like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And wouldn't you say, Wendy, that a guy like Keith Raniere, if any of the stuff about the DOS is true, probably just couldn't handle ladies for who they need to be. Oh, Definitely.
0: It would yeah. seem that way.
1: Yeah. So that's what the character in this song is like. Um, mm, where he just can't seem to handle an independent woman. Mm, for shame. Sure. And this song is called Bad Girl. And you so come they take your separate children, kill them. But I steal you. and
0: for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at
1: othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.
0: And it's that time of the program, Mike.
1: What's that time, Wendy? It's a time
0: where we acknowledge our wonderful Patreon supporters.
1: All right. Yes. I'd love to acknowledge our yes. wonderful Patreon supporters. I want to
0: thank them for making this show possible, giving us a little bit of support, both financially and in the form of ideas as this show, was, uh, the topic was suggested by one of our community members. Thank you for that. And a special huge thanks to Dr. Ned. Dr. Ned. Yeah. He's pledging at a level where he gets his own shout out and we love to do the shout out for Ned because Ned's awesome. He really is a great support of ours and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the show
1: this Thursday, Ned. Absolutely. And if anybody else is interested in being part of the community where we hang out, we talk about paranormal things, we take ideas and they get the first access to all of our stuff, like a cool video that we just shot. At the Old Pittsburgh Haunted Hospital in uh, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. That's the kind of thing in our Patreon. You guys can do that at othersidepodcast.com slash donate. Have a great week. I've been using Pert Plus since 1953.